Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, August 22nd, 2013. Today we are reading from the big book. You'll find us in Chapter 5, How It Works, on page 66. We're going to begin reading two paragraphs today, starting with... um, this was our course. We turned back to the list and this was our course. The reference number for yesterday, which was August 21st, is 4985. That's 4985. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I would now like to ask Diane to please read the 12 steps for us. Good morning, everyone. This is Diane from New Hampshire, a grateful compulsive overeater. 12 steps. One, we, were, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, when direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when we do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Diane. I'd now like to ask Sharon H. to please read the 12 Traditions. 
Thank you, Janice, and good morning to everyone on the line. This is Sharon in Colorado, Compulsive Overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. And 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction, Rather than promotion, we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thanks so much, Sharon. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we are going to resume our study of the big book, and you'll find us in Chapter 5, How It Works, on page 66. And we're going to start out reading two paragraphs together today, beginning with the paragraph we turned back to the list, including the next paragraph, this was our course. And this morning I'd like to ask Penny C. to please read those two. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, everybody. This is Penny C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Massachusetts. We turned back to the list, for it held the key to the future. We were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. 
we began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. In that state, the wrongdoings of others, fancied or real, had power to actually kill. How could we escape? We saw that these resentments must be mastered, but how? We could not wish them away any more than alcohol. This was our course. We realized the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Though we did not like their symptoms and the way these disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were sick too. We asked God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. When a person offended, we said to ourselves, This is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? God, save me from being angry. Thy will be done. So much of these two paragraphs point to the fact that in order to recover, I need to have a spiritual awakening. And and as the Appendix 2 tells us, spiritual awakening can be defined as a, a um personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And as we look at these two paragraphs, um, we can see that, I can see that my own experience is that my, my personality before OA was not to look at things from a different angle. I looked at them from the way they affected me and wasn't considering how they affected other people. And I, that, that self, self-absorption that I suffered from. And so the wrongdoings of others got bigger and bigger and bigger. And the more I focused on them, the, the, you know, they just, they, they could, they could kill, what could they kill? They could kill my spirit. They could kill my enthusiasm. They could even, they could even, they, they could and they did affect me physically. So like the big book does over and over and over again, goes right to, okay, here are the directions. This is our course. What did we do about those people? We said to ourselves, they're sick. And so what do I do if I have a sick friend? I pray for that person. And I, I change my attitude toward that person. And this prayer that I have in the past, I've, I've, copied it, I put it, you know, did it in, in um, nice, nice print and distributed it and left it at meetings and have been told that this made all the difference in relationships for some people. This prayer, looking at the other person that I may resent and saying, God, this is a sick man. And I add the, like myself, as the sentences before say, like myself, so I'm not feeling like I'm better than that person. He's sick and I'm not. I'm spiritually sick. I have been and I'm recovering from that. And so this is a sick man like myself. And and what can I do for what can I do for that person? That's 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 a really difficult thing, almost impossible if I haven't experienced that spiritual awakening as the book tells me. So this is just Again, the the best way to deal with life is this big book that presents the problem and then gives us the directions. The directions are clear-cut and and simple. 
not easy. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Penny. It's Miriam. Go ahead, Miriam. Thank you, Janice. Uh, This is Miriam calling from Israel and grateful to be here, compulsive overreader, living in the solution one day at a time. And, well, this... Two paragraphs really have a lot to say. And when it says, you know, we turn back on to the list, but it holds the key to the future, it means we go back again to the res- to our resentment list, which, uh, you know, is part of this uh, step, step four action. And then we are prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. What is this entirely different angle? We decided at, at last to to only look at our side of the street, to only take responsibility to our part in it. Um, We began to see that the world and its people really dominated us in that state, the wrongdoings of others, fancies or real, had power to actually kill. Uh, How could we escape? We saw that these resentments must be bastard. But how? Well, these resentments, as well as, you know, my powerless over food and my powerless over my anything else, um, you know, obviously it depends uh, on on my relationship with my higher power because I, I can't control them, I can't change them. And that's why I was, you know, doing this step is part of going into that opening with with my higher power in order for him to sort it out for me, because I obviously can't. Um, yeah, about this prayer, um, you know, the resentment prayer, I'm actually doing it now. I, uh, I Even that I've been through the process, I've realized that there are a few people that are mainly close members of my family that are obviously very much of my mirror that they keep coming back with resentments and um so i i did take on myself you know to do 40 days of um this resentment prayer you know 40 days is a good number and and it's a, a time of the year for my face that is very very important for for repentance and and return to god so I'm mainly saying daily for each person that, you know, uh, God, uh, this person like me, a spiritually sick person, please help me to show tolerance, compassion, and patience. Please forgive me for being angry and enable me to stop clinging to this resentment. Please remove this resentment and show me how to take a kindly and tolerant view of Plony, please show me how I can be helpful to Plony. Thy will be done. And this is, I believe, you know, it's it's really, really changing my life and my attitude. And I'm starting already, although I haven't finished the 40 days, I've done probably, I don't know, a bit more than a week. There is already a transformation on the way I see them. And, and I feel a lot more compassion and, and understanding and love because I know that there are they are also spiritually sick as me. And that's why it's important to go through step four and look at ourselves first, because then we can see and we can comprehend other people. Thanks for letting me share that I pass. Thank you, Miriam. Good morning, Michelle. Hi, Flora. Good morning. This is Sharon, Colorado. Okay. Irini, go ahead, Irini. Let's start with you first. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. 
My name is Irini, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. So how do we escape? Well, they give us the answer right here. We ask God for help. Very simple. With the help of God is what gives us hope. And hope is having faith in God. And this is the truth. And what do we say about the truth? The truth will always set us free. Because God does for us what we could never, ever do for ourselves. The people that wronged us, we see them as sick, as sick as we are. So what do we do? We bless them and change me to shift from what I used to do into what God would have me do. So step four is about a process of evaluating our lives. What have I been doing all these years that wasn't working? What are the things that I can change and what are the things that I can't change and must accept? Well, I certainly can't change people, but I certainly can change myself. I can't change the past, but I can change the present. I can't change the gifts that were given to me, but I can change the way I use them. And I can't change death, but I can only change the way I view death. I need to accept these things that I cannot change. And that's the principle of surrender. When I accept the things I cannot change, then I receive peace. I thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Edini. And who else would like to? Go ahead, Lisa. from Boston. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> it's hard to get in these days. Um, good morning, everyone. This is Lisa, a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I love this paragraph. This paragraph has changed my life and relationships and everything. And I, for newcomers who are sitting on the line, um, you know, I used to think, oh, well, when I go through the steps, um, you know, I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to have anger and resentment. Ha, 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 ha. This is written so we don't do the same things that we used to do. And I love it. I love it. And I love that Penny C. reminded us to say, you know, like us, these people are sick too because it's so important for me to remain humble and not think, oh, this is a sick man. How can I be? You know, it's so important for me to remember that I'm just as sick. And um, it's such a gift to have these instructions here. I love it that I don't have to figure things out. And, you know, (laughs) the thing on page 60 that, um, that it says is, we are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection. And I'm so grateful for that because I would say like 85% of the time that I remember, okay, this is a sick person like me, blah, blah, blah. But then there's that other part. What is that, 15%? I don't know. I'm not good at math. But that other part of the time when somebody offends me and I want to retaliate or I want to argue and, you know, that energy comes up like whoosh. But then, because of this program, because I work with other people, because I'm on this line every day, because I read this stuff over and over and over, even if that wave comes and I blurt a little bit of it out, 
I catch myself really quick and I can make amends and I can do what this program tells me to do because I don't have to be a saint today and I don't have to eat myself into a state of oblivion because I am not perfect. I am a child of God, recovered and grateful, so very deeply grateful to be in this program and for all of you who show up every day and inspire and uplift and encourage each and every one of us. Thank you for allowing me to share, and I pass. Hi, it's Thank Laura. Thank you for your Katie. This I heard Katie from Boston. Yeah. Katie from Boston? Did you say Katie from Boston? I did. Oh, awesome. Good morning, myself. This is Katie G from Boston, Mass. And Grateful to be here, recovered, compulsive overeater, and um, grateful to have these instructions, right? Um, I identified when somebody said, when I first came into program and said, you know, don't have resentments, I was like, okay, I'm not going to have resentments, I swear, you know, and then I would be angry at people, and, you know, I I didn't know how to invite God in, and um, I love this initial introductory paragraph um, in terms of the wrongdoing of others, fancied or real, had the power to actually kill, right? So, like, I'm dominated by how people behave, and I love this idea that quite often they're fancied, you know, because if I'm operating from this place of not being good enough, which I operated from for years and years and years, then anything you do, if you look at me the wrong way, if you don't communicate with me the way I want you to, if you do communicate with me the way I want you to, you to you're wrong, and I'm angry at you, you know, and, and this is giving me very, very simple, clear-cut directions as to what to do with this very dangerous resentment list that I have put together that's going to free me. Um, but my sponsor said, you know, this sick man's prayer is the first tool and spiritual principle for when people don't do what I want. Um, you know, I, I need to, and I, if I trusted and relied on me, nothing ever changed. But let me have tolerance for others. Tolerance means to accept other people's beliefs or practices. They can be different than me because I get so threatened, right? Like I, because I, I can be such a black and white person, like either you're wrong or I'm wrong. And you know what? Like I, I don't know how to let everybody just be. You know, I don't know how to be one among many and let it be like, okay, well, maybe, maybe right and wrong are not spiritual principles. Maybe we're both allowed to have our beliefs, you know, and I love that what people have said, yeah, they, like me, are spiritually sick. How can I be helpful to them? God, save me from being angry. So, like, like with all of the prayers in this book, how can I help another person? You know, I might have just gotten in the way of someone's bad day. Has that ever happened to me? Has anyone ever gotten in the way of, the, of my bad day? So all of a sudden, I, I, I'm coming, I have this, like, fierce resentment list, right, of all these people that I hate. And all of a sudden, I'm slowly asking God to shift my attitude so I'm, 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 I'm becoming more compassionate. And compassionate literally means to come with pain towards another person, so to, to understand where that person is coming from. Because the next paragraph will say we avoid retaliation or argument. That's the first place I go. Like, you mess with me, what's up? Like, I'm in your face, you know, but, like, that got me nowhere, you know. And this is just the beginning. This prayer is just the beginning of this was our course, which is the direct actions that we're going to be able to take with this list 
to do an actual turnaround, to walk over to the other side of the courtroom and see, you know, not like what the other person was doing, but let's put out this person's behavior entirely. If they had been a perfect person, how did I act? Where was I selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and afraid? And that turnaround um, unblocks me from the sunlight of the spirit, helps me invite God in, and uh, become one among many. So if you're new and you're checking this out, this is um, a solution that, that works when we work it. And um, if you're uh, on 10, 11, and 12, give me a call, and uh, we'll do 10 and 11s together. God bless. Thank you, Katie. And who else would like to share? in Colorado. Leah. Uh, who, who in Colorado? And Karen. And that Lynn, Karen, and then Leah. Karen, and then Leah. Oh, okay, thanks. This is Sharon, um, grateful, recovering compulsive overeater. I was just going to pick up on this line, too. Um, we ask God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. When a person offended, we said to ourselves, this is a sick person. And like it said up above, we, like ourselves, are sick, too. How can I be helpful to him? God, save me from being angry. Thy will be done. This was uh, something that I learned 30 years ago, and it served me well all over these years. And it's uh, in the big book for all of you on the line. It's in the story, Freedom from Bondage, on page 552. And when my sponsor told me to do this prayer, of course, like everything else in the beginning, I balked. I didn't. I said, how can I be so hypocritical? And she said, just do it. Mark it off on the calendar. And she did make me mark it off on the calendar for two weeks. But in this story, uh, there was a woman who had just a severe resentment towards her mother, and she'd gone through all the steps but still couldn't seem to let go of this resentment. And she saw this article in the doctor's office, and it was written by a clergyman, And, excuse me, it said, in effect, if you have a resentment you want to be free of, if you will pray for the person or the thing that you resent, you will be free. If you will ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, you will be free. Ask for their health, their prosperity, their happiness, and you will be free. Even when you don't really want it for them and your prayers are only words and you don't mean it, go ahead and do it anyway. Do it every day for two weeks and you will find that you have come to mean it and to want it for them. And you will realize that when you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred, you now feel compassionate, understanding, and love. And, you know, it was another one of those things that I had to just, Um, lay down my beliefs and do this prayer, and that's when I saw that it worked. And and oftentimes what was amazing, the person didn't change, but it changed my heart. And so I just wanted to share that with you because that has been such a meaningful uh, tool for me in this program. And uh, God bless you all, and with that I pass. Thank you, Sharon. And go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much, Janice. Good morning, everybody. Um, my name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. There's a lot that can be uh, said on on this whole idea here. 
Um, first of all, that statement, um, you know, we were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. That reminds me of, you know, my my seeking and my desire for a new vision. You know, it says later in the book that every day is a day when I must carry the vision of God's will into all my activities. So I'm, I'm, the st- step four is, uh, you know, allowing an entirely different angle, a new vision on things. It says we began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. Um, you know, I was governed by my emotions. And uh, because of the uh, variety of emotions, you know, it was like a a roller coaster ride every day. You know, maybe at 10 a.m. I was happy as could be, but by 3 3 p.m. I'd be suicidal because I was dominated by my emotions. What the program of recovery allowed to happen was that I'd be dominated by something, governed by something much more elevated than my emotions, governed by principles, principles like tolerance, pity, patience, you know, be governed by something higher because love and hate cannot exist on the same plane. I can't do both at the same time. One of them is going to have to be predominant. One of them is going to have to be predominant. So this program of recovery with the first action step, step four, allows for the beginning of some of that transitioning. And it goes on to say, you know, we realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick, that we did not like their symptoms and the way they disturbed us. They, like ourselves, were sick too. And I got a lot of practice looking at these words, a lot of practice, so much so that, you know, the page is basically, you know, there's holes in my page. It's torn from the binder um, because, you know, family of origin, this, this was close to home. But, I, you know, this is where maturity began, you know, a little bit of spiritual maturity on my part, a little bit of spiritual muscle that I began to understand that people can be spiritually sick you know, that they are incapable of doing any better than they're doing. I mean, I totally understand physical pain. I totally understand when somebody has been burdened with cancer or, uh, you know, with blindness um, and even certain uh, illnesses, you know, that they may even uh, utter ill words, you know, like Tourette's syndrome or mental illness. I totally get that. I totally can be tolerant of such a thing. So if people are in pain spiritually, why can't I understand that? And I began to see that. I began to see that the spiritual truth, that when a person harms someone else, that person is really harming themselves. And when a person harms people, they become less of a human being. They're like an animal. They're less of a human being. They're not able to fulfill their own human potential and their own human spirit. You know, and so beginning to understand that aspect um, of the spiritual sickness really helped me deal with people who had been honestly quite awful <laughs> to me or quite, uh, you know, had, had, uh, had done some kind of difficult things uh, for me to wrap my brain around. And I was able to pity them, not necessarily forgive them. You know, pity doesn't mean to uh, forgive them necessarily, but it means put what they did aside. It means that I accept what happened. I accept what happened. Acceptance doesn't mean agreement. It It means that I accept that there has been a wrong that has occurred. I accept people's humanity. I accept my own humanity, and I accept someone else's humanity. 
I may not agree that this thing happened, but I understand that it did happen and that people are human. And for those people, you know, for some personalities in my life, you know, and I'll just wrap up, I just was able to start detaching, you know, similar to when I uh, go to the zoo and I gaze at the monkeys, you know, in the cage, right? I see them doing all sorts of things that monkeys do. I see them swinging from vines and I see them eating and I see them sleeping and I see them grooming each other, you know, and eating insects out of their fur, you know, all without considering it, any of it as having anything to do with me. They, they are doing what monkeys do. And for certain personalities in my life, that was a helpful concept. Like this person is doing as they do, as they are capable of doing. They do not have the skills nor the tools to do any better. They are doing what monkeys do. Now, when they throw a banana my way, I duck. You know what I mean? Or I step aside. But it was very helpful for me to start seeing that this was absolutely nothing personal. If I am separated from God, then can I give somebody else the, uh, you know, the right, the, you know what I'm saying, the, um, the, uh, the understanding that they are separated from God as well. And that that started changing things a lot for me. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Good morning. This is is Janice, and I am a compulsive overeater, and I'm recovered today. Thank you, God. I, too, would like to share briefly on these two paragraphs because this was a tipping point for me. You know, what we now have this list in front of us. And these lists of all of our resentments. And what are we going to do with that list? What are we going to do with that list? You know, this this big book is so clear-cut in its directions in letting us know what the next step should be. This was our course. They're laying out the course for us. I don't have to figure out, you know, if, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there, we like to hear on this line. But we have a course to follow. We have a road to follow. We have the experience of these recovered alcoholics penned in this volume so that we know what the next step should be. You know, we don't have to make it up as we go along. It's written out there for us. And they're very clear in that they say our hope is to grow spiritually. Our hope is the maintenance and growth of that spiritual experience that we're trying to have. And what does that spiritual experience mean to me? In this case, it's that I, my thinking has to change. The way I was thinking before kept me in bondage. And so my thinking has to change. I have to have a shift in my perception. I have to learn how to see it differently. You know, what a great blessing that is. And it says we turned back to that list, for it held the key. It held the key. And when I look at that list, it says, now look at it differently, Janice. Look at that list perhaps differently than you did before. And what can I begin to see? What can I begin to see? Well, thank you, God, that these people are like me. Look, guess what? These people on the list are like me. You know, I'm not different from them. But what I have going for me here is that I want to see it differently. You know, it says 
that that personality change that I'm going to have as a result of working these steps means that I'm going to be able to think and feel and do things that I couldn't do before. That's a tall order. That's a very tall order. But it's only going to be with God's help that that shift is going to happen for me. You know, so this was our course, they're saying. This was our course. Help us to look at these people in a whole different way. Look at this list and the people on it in a whole different way. You know, and ask God to shift my perception. Help me to see it differently. Because that's going to be the key. That's going to be the key to me finding my way out. My way out of the hopelessness and my way out of the despair and into the sunlight. You know, help me to see it differently. Help me to see that this person who's on my list, like has been so wonderfully shared by all of you, that this person was like me. And if they're like me, then I can understand them just like I'm trying to understand myself. Because certainly the list shows me that I did a whole lot too. That I did a whole lot too that harmed other people. That, but right now I'm only trying to identify all those things that kept me in bondage, all those resentments and fears and angers that kept me in bondage. And what a beautiful, beautiful description of the course we're going to take. You know, that God can do for me what I could never do for myself. That God is going to show me through my own prayer, through my own efforts, through my own willingness, how to join up with a higher good. How to look at things in a whole different way. And that continues to be what happens to me every day. That I get a chance to shift my perception. And would anyone else like to share before we move on? Please, Sylvia. I share. Go ahead, Bella. And I'm going to ask that everyone please mute their lines because we're getting a lot of feedback here. So everyone except the speaker, please mute your line. Go ahead, Bella. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I am a compulsive overeater. Thank you very much for leading this meeting, and thank you very much for everybody that is on the line. Wow, it's such a wonderful paragraph, and I want to talk about a few things that it's written in the paragraph. First, how could we escape? We escape when we know that we are in a danger, when we are in a place that we it's dangerous for us and it's not good for us to stay there. And it's the awareness, oh, thank God I know already that I am in a danger zone. I don't want to be there anymore. I want to run away. Now, don't worry. There is in the, it says, to look at things in a different angle. Yes, there is a solution. If you don't want to stay there, you can look at things different. And then you will find a different way. And then it's the solution. The solution is uh, the spiritual uh, awakening. Yes, I cannot do it by myself. I need the spiritual help. I need the guidance from God. God has to help me to be able to, to, to find a new way. Now, what's the difference? 
before I was in the program, I thought I have the control. I have a control of other people. I have a control of their behaviors. And, oh, God, if they didn't know what I wanted, so then when all my resentment starts, oh, they talk to me not nice, they didn't do what I wanted, they, didn't, they are not thinking the way I think, and this is the control. But obviously I don't have control. And thank God, thank God it's a miracle that since I am in the program, I know that I don't have control. I don't have to look for control because I will never have the control. God is the only one that has the control. And I have the control to do a better choice, to do choices. This is our life, to do choices one day at a time. And this is, and of my choices, I have control. And if somebody is talking to me not nice or somebody did to me not a nice thing, <clears throat> now it's, this is my choice, how I want to look at this. And now, thank God, I know that I can look at him. He is a sick person. It's nothing to do with him. But you know what? I am not better than him because I am sick too. And what I do to myself when I am sick, I am asking God to help me to remove <clears throat> my sickness away from me. So this is what I am going to do for that sick person too, just to pray to God. God, help him the way you help me. And this is my choice. Of this I have the control. And it's one day at a time. And it's wonderful. It's freedom. It's peaceful mind. I don't have the control. I don't have to run others' behavior. I just know that God is there. And God is here for me and for him too. And thank you for letting me share. And I pass. Thank you, Bella. Well, let's move on to the next paragraph. And Irini, would you read that for us, please? Thank you, Janice. <clears throat> Good morning, my spiritual fellows. My name is Irini, gratefully recovered. Thank you, God. We avoid retaliation or argument. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. If we do, we destroy our chance of being helpful. We cannot be helpful to all people, but at least God will show us how to take a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. Wow. How can I avoid retaliation and argument? You know, how can I change to act accordingly and to do the right thing? Well, the answer is right here. God shows us how to be kind and how to be tolerant and how to be helpful to others. I know I had to be shown. I didn't know how. I had to be shown. God shows us how to change and act accordingly. And this is a promise, and that's how beautiful is that. It's a promise that comes true. We are being taught how to behave and how to live the right way. And because I already, you know, made that decision to surrender to God, now I am committed to him. And because of this commitment, he will show me the way to this new life. And this is the beginning of change from the way 
I used to be, how I used to think, to a new way of thinking, from self to God's way of thinking. You know, we're beginning a process here to shift from self to God. It's shifting from what I would do to what God would have me do. I used to be governed by my feelings, and now I am starting to be governed as God would have me do. I used to be governed by personalities, and now I'm starting to be governed by principles. This is the big change. It's so exciting. This is what it means to start having spiritual eyes as opposed to ego-minded eyes, to see things differently, to change our ways of thinking, to see, feel, and do how God would have me do. You know, everything in life is meant to change. Nature has their seasons. Living things grow, they blossom, and then they begin the process of decay. You know, there are births and deaths. There are beginnings and endings. And it's in our nature to change. And this is the, and the only one that never changes is God. And that is why we need him, because he is always there to save us and to guide us and, and to give us stability and strength. So we ask God, save me from being angry. What are we focusing on? What are you practicing daily? What are you giving power to? For me, thy will be done. This is a prayer that really works. I thank you and I pass. Thank you, Redini. Is there anyone who'd like to comment on this paragraph? This is Sally. It's me. I'm having a difficulty with hearing. Um, can you say your names again, please? Haya. Miriam. Haya. Let's go with Haya. I could hear Haya. Let's go with Haya first. Thanks so much. Okay. Good morning, everybody. Thanks, Janice. This is Haya McCullough, Compulsive Eater, Bulimic in Dallas, Texas. And welcome anyone who's new or anyone who's been struggling or anyone who's been in a way and wondering why they haven't recovered yet. Um, you found the solution, because the solution's in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and that's what we study here, which I'm very grateful for. This is um, really the bridge to the fourth column. This is the middle place between as far as most of us got, which was column three, you know, how, you know, what other people did to us, columns one, two, and three. And, um, and how we're going to turn it around, right? Because it said in the prior paragraph, it's held the key to the future. It's pretty powerful. So it's telling me that I have to look at this from a completely different angle. And actually, you know, we avoid retaliation or argument. We wouldn't treat pe- sick people that way. If we do, we destroy our chance of being helpful, right? Because that's, the basis that I'm living on today, Um, tolerance of others, finding a new way to be more understanding. And we said in the earlier paragraph, we couldn't wish this away any more than the food. So they're telling, they're helping me. They're helping me here, describing what the the course is, so asking God, asking God, asking God, asking God. And that, that's the answer, and I'll pass because I have little ones. <laughs> A little one's about to descend on me. Uh, thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Haya. 
And who else would like to share? Christine. Sally. It's Miriam. Did I hear Christine? Sally. Yes. Miriam. Meg. Oh, my goodness. You have to be patient with me here. I'm listening as fast as I can. Um, give me names again, please, so I can try to Sally. get them. Christina, I thought I heard Miriam. Christina. Let's start with Christina. Thank you very much, Janice. Thanks for your service and for everybody that's that's uh, shared this morning. It's a beautiful meeting. Um, I uh, this is one of the most important prayers for me, besides the third step prayer in the book. I took a big book study um, a while ago, and and the fellow that was conducting it instructed us when we did the four-column inventory to write the names and then say, God, this person is perhaps spiritually blocked, whether they are or not. This resentment is blocking me spiritually. Help me to show the same tolerance, compassion, and patience that I would cheerily, cheerfully grant a, a sick friend and the rest of it. And um, it was remarkable the uh, effect that that, had, that prayer had, the instruction was to say the prayer for everybody on the resentment list for the next couple of weeks until you were relieved of the resentment. And you know that that resentment is my part, that I let it grow is my part. When I'm living in resentment, my heart ices over, and I am not free. My freedom is directly tied to my ability to be a loving human being. And um, where I came from, we were not we were not taught tools for living like this. Um, and when my heart is frozen over, love and judgment does not exist in the same place. When I'm full of judgments. I can't be the best version of myself that I want to be. So what a remarkable, life-giving thing this fourth-step inventory is. It's worth whatever it takes to get you through it because it's the beginning of uh, a new life. And, you know, births sometimes is, is a painful process. But I'm grateful for every day I've had here and for all the people that have gone before me that could... Uh, demonstrate and show me how to use this process um, to be a loving human mm -hmm. being. So that's all I had this morning. Thanks so much, and thank you, everybody, for your service. Thank you so Miriam. much, Christina. Um, go ahead, Miriam. Thank you, Janice. This is Miriam calling from Israel, a compulsive overreader, uh, living in the solution one day at a time to the best of my ability. Yeah. Well, this is exactly the problem here. You know, this um, this program and these steps, I believe very much uh, they are a journey back to God. They are a journey back home. They are a journey back to our soul, to what we really are, and uh, to where we we got stuck some, somewhere on, on our lives. So when, when I read this paragraph here, we avoid retaliation or argument. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. If we do, we destroy our chances of being helpful. Well, that was exactly the way I lived for so many years, you know, like taking revenge. And uh, and if I didn't take revenge, uh, withdrawing from people because of the 
you know, the um, fear of being heard and the fear of confronting and, and you know, I was always in, in a place of the me, 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 you know, and I'm the only one with problems and other people, whatever. And this is exactly where the transformation takes place uh, as we go along with this process. And uh, it is, I believe, very much a process for life um, that continues, you know. That's why, you know, in the when we will get into the fourth uh, column or part of this um, uh, inventory, um, we, we go to look uh, thoroughly at our mistakes, you know, asking ourselves, you know, where have I been selfish? Where have I been dishonest? Where have I been self-seeking and where have I been frightened? And, uh, you know, it, it's what it's called a turnaround, you know, and I, I usually see these days that, you know, when I point a finger to another person in any of these situations, I, I get three fingers pointed back on me. And then again, you know, it's not the, the same way, you know, that I saw it in the beginning, like, oh, my God, you know, what a bad person you are. Uh, I believe it's it's not easy and I believe it's painful, but what I can say at the moment is I didn't know any other way. And, and the beauty of it is that with this process, I'm learning moment after moment to live life, to live a life of dignity, to live a life of respect, to live a life of, you know, together with a higher power. And of course there are mistakes and of course there are, you know, that's why we continue doing the work in step 10 for life. But I'm telling you, the, the, the changes that they happen is just such a miracle. And we really got to do the, our only, our only um, task is to keep doing this work, you know, with the best of our ability, continue following the instruction from this book, you know, doing exactly what we are told. And results and and uh, will come on 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 God's time, one day at a time. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Miriam. And now Sally, and then Sarah. Are you there, Sally? Press star one for Sarah. Yes, I'm right here. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Good morning, a vision for you. Good morning, Janice. This is Sally in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I, I think that um, it's very clear to all of us that these paragraphs that we're reading are being spoken to those who are really struggling and, and have a very deep-seated uh, resentment. And um, so they are appealing to us, um, as so many have beautifully shared, uh, the importance of of um, taking the step of letting go of these resentments and um, and here as we see these words when a person when a person offended when a person offended we say to ourselves this is a sick man how can I be helpful to him God save me from being angry Thy will be done and it goes on to say we avoid retaliation or argument we wouldn't treat a sick person that way you know as I sat here waiting I prayed and I just said God, if you feel this needs to be said, then you'll open the way. And here I am. I need to share with you. I really believe there are people who need to be drawn to this page, page 417, where it says to us, an acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. 
When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation. These are the things we placed on this list of resentments. Persons, places, things, and situations. Some fact of my life unacceptable to me. There's the resentment. It's just unacceptable. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing, happens in God's world by mistake. It goes on to say, I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and in my attitude. And if you'll scoot down to the bottom of the page with me, it says, AA and acceptance have taught me that there is a bit of good in the worst of us. In the worst of anyone who's on your resentment list, there's, believe it or not, a bit of good in the worst of us and a bit of bad in the best of us, that we are all children of God and we each have a right to be here. When I complain about me or about you, I am complaining about God's handiwork. I am saying that I know better than God. Thanks for letting me share with that, I pass. Thank you, Sally. And Sarah? Are you there, Sarah? Well, this is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. I just wanted to share a little bit of something about this paragraph we're talking about. We avoid retaliation or argument. Well, to me, that's an action that I take. You know, we're we're on an action step making this list, and this is an action they're directing me to take. You know, it's more than just my thinking. You know, what do I do if I'm going to avoid something? Don't go down that road, Janice. Don't don't take that turn. Don't walk that way. Because avoiding retaliation or argument is not an easy thing. Sometimes in the heat of the moment, you know, my old pattern of behavior wants to surface. And especially when I'm doing this list, when I'm raw, when I'm vulnerable, when I'm open, when I'm thinking about all of these things inside of myself that I'm trying to give over to God. But it gives me some action to take, avoid retaliation or argument. And see it differently. See it differently. Because it's reminding me that we wouldn't treat sick people that way. That what, it's what we do. This is what we do. We, we, we. It's all over in this paragraph. This is what we do. And God will show us the way to look at these people differently, to view, to see it differently. Each and every one, each and every situation, each and every moment. You know, what, what a great blessing it is that the big book is so clear-cut in its direction. And with that, I'll pass. Well, I see your time is up for today, and I just want to say thank you to everyone who helped make this such a good meeting today, and thank you for your patience. It's so wonderful that so many people like to share. And and uh, and now I would like to um, thank all the readers today, Diane G. and Sharon H., 
Penny C and Amy, Katie and Kathy K for being in the background waiting to share. And now we will close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Katie, are you available to read that for us? Yes, I am. Good morning. I'm Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.